I am pumped to be collaborating with Rotoballer for the 2021 baseball season. My Draft Champions podcast will be joining the Rotoballer radio podcast network. For a while now, Rotoballer has been grinding away, providing millions of fantasy baseball fanatics their fix for in-depth MLB analysis, tools, and player news. The site and the team is bigger and better than ever, with articles, tools, and podcasts for everyone, including contributions from me. If you haven't heard, Rotoballer's 2021 MLB Draft Kit is live, and all Draft Champions listeners can get 10% off Rotoballer's Draft Kit by using the discount code CHAMPIONS. Rotoballer is home to number one fantasy pros, accuracy rankers, Nick Mariano and Ariel Cohen. Both Nick and Ariel's 2021 rankings and projections are available as part of Rotoballer Premium Draft Kit. Along with printable cheat sheets, our top draft sleepers, more than 300 player outlooks, and tons of great draft tools and in-season tools. All of this premium fantasy baseball goodness from Rotoballer is available for 10% off with the discount code CHAMPIONS. Just go to rotoballer.com backslash radio, get your premium pass today, and win big in 2021. Welcome to the Draft Champions Podcast. I'm here with Jason Cuffs. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Zach. Thanks for having me on. Hey, thanks even more for coming on. I've been meaning to talk to you for a while. We've been uh, talking back and forth on Twitter. And by the way, let everyone know where they can find you. I think it's Cuff SS or Cuffs S. Which one is yep. one of the A-U-F-S-S. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right, buddy. Well, let's um let's get into this because you are a big cut line player but today we're going to talk about the cut line and we're going to talk about the draft champions uh leagues because you had a 12th overall finished in the cut line last year and you have you had four type and you had four teams within the top 100 and there's about 2,000 teams in that competition so that's awesome um you had your best one was 12th overall and you had you played in two draft champions leagues and you finished sixth overall obviously winning that one in, in that one and you also won your other league so you had a great year last year so you are just the person that I want to talk to you because I was I was talking to you a little bit before and I said I don't only want to look at just the, like the glob of top teams to analyze these draft champions and cut lines I want to talk I want to talk to people I want to well I want to look at teams from players who consistently do well rather like regardless of whether that team actually fared well or not I want to look at that that person like your teams regardless of you're finished I, I, I do the same thing, Zach, with, I, I do the same thing with teams, especially with the cut line. When I deep dive, I've got a few guys, Aaron Jones and Curtis Jones that I study their rosters for the same purpose. Cause there's a consistency there. If you look this guy, I don't even know who this guy Aaron Jones is. I don't think he's on Twitter, but I look at his rosters every year and I, I do he's the not, same thing. He's not the running back for the Packers. 
No, although <laughs> he'd be lucky if he did. He just resigned. So did oh did John did Jonas just resign for the yeah Packers? four and forty eight. Yeah. Sweet. I trade. I traded. Away, I traded away. Um, what's uh, AJ Dillon last year to some guy that wanted in my dynasty league that wanted that thought like Jones would be out of there. So that's good. That's good to hear. That's a nice. It worked little, out well for you. Nice little win there. Um, that's good. Yeah. That's good. That's definitely good for his stock for his fantasy stock. Um, next year. Do you play? Fo- do you play football as well? I don't want to get. I do. I do. I uh, I do more local leagues with football because just like we've been doing it for 25, 30 years. And, I, and so I don't do as much NFBC and I'm not as good at the football as I am with the, the baseball, even baseball, though I follow ba- baseball is more of a skill than football. I'd, I'd yeah. say now these leagues, um, do you, have you played the $150 best ball, um, format, the 46 round 12 team leagues? I, I'm in, I'm in two as we speak right now. And I've, I've done, I did one already. So I'll do three total. Yeah. Okay. So I've done, I've done three. Yeah. I, I bought a three pack as well. I've done three and there's, there's guys that like you mentioned the Joneses, um yeah. there's also in, the, in those leagues you also have casey cha oh yeah in a bunch of those i've been in um at least one of his best ball leagues and in at least one of his dcs um and then there's also Derek rhodes who um um yep are you do you follow Derek i'm familiar rhodes? yeah i'm the usually Ro- trying to dodge these guys and enter these things <laughs> if yeah, we're those- being honest yeah casey cha that's a, that's somebody i'm not jumping in the league with if i'm putting the entry in typically because i know how good he is i don't mind getting in one or two with him just to see what see what uh see what kind of uh stew he's cooking but um yeah. i don't want to be in every league with them um but um yeah casey's uh he's a he's a really nice guy um and That's uh, so, is, here. so is Derek rhodes um and Derek um they, they they both play a lot of them and follow Derek rhodes d-r-o-a-3 follow Derek rhodes on twitter because i have a bet with okay. him that he, he needs, um, I, I bet him that if he didn't get up to 3000 before the end of this year, I'd buy him into one of these best ball things next year. So I really don't want to do that. Well, uh, I just wrote him down. So I don't know. I might, I think I already follow him, but you, pro- I you, you probably, you probably do. He's like up to like 1750. So he needs more. Um, anyways. Um, yeah. Follow Derek Rhodes. Um, yeah. So we were saying that these are very formulaic um, t- contests. Um, the, 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 the cut line and the draft champion. So I wanted to talk to you about a little bit about that. Um, that's, that's my gut on these things. I think they're a lot more um, uh, methodical than they are like player, like specific player analysis. I think you'll get a lot. I think you'll, you'll get a lot more utility um, studying like the methods of the methods to the madness of these contests than actually like saying, Oh, should I draft um, Zach Allen or Jack Flaherty? Would you agree with that? I couldn't agree more. And it's why I try to stick to the format that, you know, that I, that I'm comfortable with. And, and it, it is, it's formula. I also play while well, COVID slowed it down, but I, I play a lot of poker and, and, you know, I find poker tournaments like a Texas Hold'em tournament to be a similar concept that it's more formula, understanding the beginning game, the middle game and the end game and seat positioning than it is maybe even knowing the cards or being a strong poker player. I don't even think the cards are as relevant. And I, I see cut line. I see the draft champions. I see these as their own entities. I think too many times, even guys that are know a lot more about the player pool than I do uh, are too caught into that and not understanding of the formula. So I, I just, I'm looking for an edge. And uh, so I try to stick with specifically the cut line, but I definitely have formula secrets for both those formats. And I, I think it gives me an edge. Right on. That's what I want to get into with you. So get into with you. But before we do, I just want to um, just go over the, the contest outline because I wasn't too familiar with it before this year. 
Um, so just whoever is listening, uh, because a lot of the time I, I do talk about just the draft champions format. The cut line is $150 buy-in. There's 42 rounds, 10 teams. So the player you're, you're drafting 420 players in that, um, the, in that draft between all the teams. And each league has a $250 prize, which is only like within the league, which is only about a 20% return on investment. Um, if you're, if you're pack, if you're, if you're buying like the nine pack, um, uh, for these things, it's even worse if you don't. Um, but there is this year, $166,000 in the overall prize pool. And that's based on 1,960 entries, but it also says there's a max of 2,700 on the site. Do you know anything about that? Because I was just looking right before we started recording and I couldn't really figure that out. I don't think they've hit the max before. Um, so I think they just cap it with the prize pool, but I don't think that that number, I don't, I don't know if they'll hit that number. I think that's just there to reassure us that they're, that the payback sound and, and you make a good point. It's not a, it's not a entry that you're looking to win the league, you know, cause the league ends at the all-star break and it's only 250 bucks. Like it's, you're not even making, you're only making a hundred dollars of your money back. So you're playing for the overall, if you're doing the cuts. You're not you, for you sure. Can grind if you if I can grind even with the leagues for the entries, which is sort of a goal in my mind. Then I'm sort of playing with house money, going into the playoff round. Yeah, that, I, then, I think that I think that would be a good goal. So I, 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 yeah, sorry, you keep no, going. No, you know, last I was just I was trying to I'm trying to understand as we talk. Last year it looks like looking at the historical results because I was looking at some of your teams. It looks like there was uh, 1,960 teams that were entered in the cut line last year which yeah. I'm not even sure if that's um, true or not. That sounds right. And then this year it says that the prize pool is based off of 1,960 entries, which would be 196 teams. So far there are 91 um, contests that I see in the ADP so far. So they're about halfway to that goal. So you're like, you're saying, and they might not even reach that goal. So I'd crunch the numbers just a couple of minutes before we started off here. And if there are, um, 1960 um, teams in this tournament the ROI um, the ROI if you don't like just on the 150 bucks a pop including the overall prize is 73% so that's that's okay but then get it but then if you're playing with the, the the discounts the multiple entry discounts your ROI goes up to 80 86% which is pretty good when you fact but but you do have to go for the overall so yep. um, when you compare that to um, the um, $150 best balls, the ones that we were talking about before, just the standalone um, satellite tournaments that you said you were in a couple with like um, yep. you saw Casey Chine, those are, I believe, an 80.5% um, return on investment in those. So um, if you factor it, if you're getting all the discounts that you're, that, that you're afforded, that the NS, NFBC is um, allowing you to get based on the, um, uh, a large quantity of entries, then if you factor in the overall prize pool, you are, your, your return on investment on the cut lines does make sense. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and we're all in it. I'm right. in it for profit more than prestige. Right. I know but some you, other people might be. So yeah, I, I, I did the math a couple of years ago and felt like, you know, that it was, it was cost safe. Plus, I don't know, there's an edge. I take into account the people that don't understand the formula. So I, I think that the odds go up. When yeah, I'm in like, a league like, with like people myself. that have no chance. Yeah, yeah, that's one. That's one of my questions for you. Um, maybe we'll just get into that one right away because it's one of the most one of the more interesting questions. Um, 
like I've done one cut line and honestly, like it's not my game. I did one just to, just to do it. Um, and it was a lot of fun and I'm probably one of those players that, uh, maybe, maybe dead money or not, maybe not. Um, what, what teams can you see? Like when you're looking at other teams, when's a team just like DOA, when are, when's the team like fucked? Like uh, when they, when they, when they take too many pitchers in the first 10 picks, damn it. Um, <laughs> uh, in, in the format that they're, they're screwed in that sense. Uh, when they, when they take middle relievers, even if they're good, because, you know, they'll carry ratios in a traditional format and you're excited about guys like Devin Williams, you know, Aaron Bummer, and you're hoping that you're getting something out of them, you know, before injury, Zach Britton, those right. guys are waste, wasted picks in the cut line. The point, eight points a save is if a guy's not closing, then he's dead. You know, the closers are, closers are like the forbidden fruit because they're, they're fantastic. If you've got a closer that's actually saving games, he can carry your team. But the minute that you know, I got tanked in 2018, I had a team that had six closers. Three of them at the deadline got moved and became setup men. That, that and all sucks. of a sudden, and you know, the fab is over. And all of a sudden, I'm stuck with dead weight because setup men are dead weight. So that's another. If I see a team that's got uh, a bunch of, you know, even good ratio middle relievers. I know that that team's in trouble. If they, if they're overbalanced pitching, they're in trouble. If they tilt too much to one position, I know that they're dead meat. You know, if they're all of a sudden, they've got five shortstop only guys, the roster is imbalanced and they're going to have a tough time climbing out of it. Now um, I'm assuming you do some sort of projections um, or look at historical. Um, do, do you look at, do you do projections or you just look at like last year's points per game or point the points per I I, su- I subscribe to Rotowire and into Matt Davis's list and 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 then kind of couple that with last year was such a weird anomaly it's hard I'm kind of trying to I, I tried to write things down and really use partly last year but partly 2019 and try to use all those different I made my own list but then I don't know a lot of its instinct too it's sometimes it's more of an art than a science once you're into the, into the draft itself, I'm more thinking about formula than I am about, you know, I've got guys I'm not going to pick because they're where they are at ADP, but, and I've got guys I want, but ultimately I'm just building the team in a draft through a formula. Does that make sense? It does. I'm not too caught into the players. It does make sense. And um, the question I had on that is the reason I asked about projections is because you must bake into, but you must bake in some sort of discount uh, for like Josh Hader, like even Liam Hendricks, like your Iglesias and especially like the, especially a guy like Richard Rodriguez, it must bake like a deep discount into him just for the risk of him losing that job and not getting saves. Right. Because like Liam Hendricks is is probably projected in these, in the cut line to be probably a top 20 pitcher overall. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, a guy like Liam Hendricks has, I look at it like this. Let's talk about closers for a second. If it's a guy that I know has a long leash, even a Craig Kimbrell who could implode. And I guess there's an injury risk there, but his leash is longer than more talented pitchers at this point, I think, because, you know, Cubs might want to flip him in July. They're going to let him blow a few saves and he'll still close. I, I'm okay with those long leash closers as long as my whole roster doesn't consist of them. You know, if, if I can just go, if I'm at a point where I've got three or four of those guys closers, I'm okay. Even if I take, throw a dart at Rodriguez 
or, or at Tanner Scott or at Daniel Bard at the end. I just don't want to tilt too much one way, but I also don't want 17 starters because those closers can get more points. And you've got to remember, there's a very important thing in a best ball cut line, in a best ball in general, and that is a pitcher can implode. And as long as you're running out 16 healthy pitchers every week, who cares if he implodes and has a bad week? Inconsistent pitchers only need to help you one week and then they can hurt you one week. So, you know, it's like Rockies pitchers. Yeah, they're bad at home, but sometimes they're on the road and they help you. So you end up using them. I, I, I would, I avoid Rockies pitchers much more in standard leagues than cut lines. That makes sense. And for, and back to the closers have like, would it make a lot more sense to have like two closers instead of one or like three instead of two because yes. because, because just having one like sometimes they'll be useless but if you spend two roster spots on closers you're always you're probably just going to get you're probably going to get one in every week and like i, I try I, to use i try to do three or four six yeah. is too many two is not enough and i do consciously try to have three or four closers even though there's no like it's not like it matters. You could be 17, 16 starters. You could be eight closers and eight starters, but you're right. I, it is a formula. And to me, it is something I try to stick to three or four. I found three, more three success. Really because I was looking yeah. at, I was looking at your teams and sometimes you've gone like closer first for like, in terms of your pitching, like, in yeah, I've, I'll take a Hendricks. If the guy's a stud and I know he's going to keep the job, you know, closer gets three saves in a week it's like a two start starter. I mean, you get all of a sudden he's got 40 something points in a three save week. So, I mean, the points are there eight points to save plus obviously the strikeouts and innings. Yeah. Just so people are, people are listening. Saves are worth eight wins are worth six, a strikeouts one, an innings, an inning pitched is three. And then you get negative one for a walk or a hit and negative two for an earned runs for an earned run. Um, just, just to complete the loop here, the hitting, you get, you get five for a stolen base, six for a home run and two each for a run or an RBI. So you're already at 10 for that home run. Um, well, 14, oh, 14, because it's a hit hits are four, but our bat bats are negative one. Um, so, um, yeah. Um, now you're a teacher. And I'm, yep. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be a student here. I'm a student of the game and I'm looking at your, I'm looking at your teams. Now tell me, is your formula pitcher in round six? Um, my formula is that I, uh, unless I'm getting DeGrom or Cole or Bieber, maybe Bieber, uh, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not taking a lot of pitchers early. Uh, I'd rather have, I'd rather have the uh, 60 to 140 ADP and, and catch up to everybody else and grab stud hitters, if you want to know the truth. I've found more success that way for cut lines, not in a standard. Right. I'm looking at, I did one cut line. I don't even remember what I did. Oh, give me an A. I'm projected to be. Yeah, seven. but the projection is flawed. It's based I, I hope, on I five hope by so. five. No oh, offense. It's based oh. on five by five. So oh, okay. it, it's based on a balanced roster, which in a cut line is irrelevant. It's crazy because I'm getting my best grade in the cut line. I'm getting my worst grades in the DCs. Like, is that, is that a bad sign? Those, those projections, I, I try to not look at them because they, they're, they're irrelevant. No offense to whoever. No, it's no. I, I, I spoke to, I spoke to Derek Butcher, but, uh, Butcher and he said that uh, ignore those. They're useless. Just please ignore those and don't, yeah. uh, you know, I've been excited. I get an A plus and a 99 in the team tanks and I've gotten C's and had teams that were really successful. So I ignore those. 
especially okay. in the cut line because they're not, based on ratios. No offense to your ad. No, no, no. That's 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 fine. I, this is the first one I did. So this is um uh okay. I didn't I didn't really I didn't really um I didn't really prepare a lot before I did the cut line. I went Trout, Trevor Story, Giolito. That's a nice start. Tim Anderson, Tim Am- Tim, An- Tim Anderson, and then I went Lance Lynn. I don't mind Lance Lynn, especially in the cut line. He's an in- innings gobbler. He, he goes deep in games. There's points for innings. Then Biggio, Gray, Kyle Hendricks, Will Smith, Rizzo, Chapman, Edwin Diaz. Ah, Framber Valdez. We'll cut him. But um, so speaking of smelt, Will Smith catchers. What's your what do you, what's your what's your uh, strategy on catchers in, in these cut lines? Okay, I'm going to give all my secrets away. So I draft four catchers, or try to, unless, or I try to carry four catchers, uh, unless I get a, 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 well, this year it'd be Romulo, or if I get two of like Contreras and Diarnud, then I might go three. Right. So there's a question. I don't have a standard way of three or four catchers. And when I studied the top 20 teams last year, nobody did. So half the rosters had three and half had four. I, I, you don't want to have a dead spot but you know that Real Moto is going to get you positive every week. You know, Sal Perez, if he's healthy. So my feeling is if, if my top catcher is going to point me every week, then I only need two more. And if my, if my top two are going to point me every week decently, then I only need one more. But if I'm carrying a roster where my top two are Posey and Molina, then I probably should carry Maldonado and Zanino just so I'm not getting zeros. Right. So I do have a, a formula there. So it sounds like that's, that makes sense. It sounds like if you get, if you get two catchers, um, like, I guess in that first two tiers, if you want to, if you want to yeah. like th- this year, if this year say ends at James McCann yep. or, or whoever you want to say, maybe it ends at Denard this year um, or Nola. Um, but at that point, if you get two of those, you'd be comfortable only rostering maybe perhaps one more. And, and the thing is that remember, you've got those two fab periods so That's right. those are those are free fixes. I, I'll give another secret away here. Why waste a dart on Mike Zanino, even though I've done it a few times in the 41st round when you can throw a dart at Tanner Scott and catch fire if he wins the, the closing closer job for the Orioles. Uh, it, whereas Zanino, you could pick up a guy like that at the first fab period. So you're better off going in with three anyway, maybe, and then adding a fourth if necessary. Mm-hmm. I dropped it four here. Um, back to your middle relief comment. And this is something I wanted to ask you before tonight. And I forgot. Now I remembered again. Um, now there's guys like your TJ Anton, Freddie, Freddie Peralta. How do you value someone like that? That has an unclear role. I'd rather avoid them and let other people take them. I don't think the risk is worth the reward in yeah. this format. Now in a, in a, in a draft champions league, I'd tell you something totally different because I think that there's value just rolling Freddie Peralta out and getting the 12 strikeout week potentially. But in, in, in this, this format, because the points are wins and and saves, I let, I let other people take them. And I, and I think it gives me an edge. Right on. That makes, that makes sense. I wasn't, I wasn't sure what to think about them. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So let's uh, talk about prep. Um, like I asked you about your projections. What else do you, what else do you, how else do you prep other than just looking at projections and, and numbers, crunching the numbers first? Uh, I just have guys uh, when it comes to like the league, other than the formula, I've got guys that I, you know, that I want to make sure I, I try to get on my team, which in the cut line means you, you know, maybe take them around early. 
And yeah, well, uh, it looked like you had a couple guys. Like I looked at a couple of your teams last year, and it looks like you, you were you were pretty consistent with like pitcher in round six. It looked like most of the times I looked at a couple of your good teams, and then you maybe had like three or four by round fourteen only. Yeah, and that's in, in a weird formula. And, and even with my DC, and I'm just a guy that that believes that the pitchers are volatile enough that the second, well, I guess the third tier. I, I, well, we can run this tape in September, but I believe that McCullers and Musgrove and, and Paddock can do as well as Castillo and Flaherty and, and, and Kershaw potentially this year. What about Gosman? So, you like Gosman too in that group? Yes, I, I do. And, 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 and I like more than that. I mean, I like Corbin and other people don't, but that's my theory that I go into every year that's been a little bit successful for me. You know, I, we're, we're, I don't feel like, I don't feel like after the top three or four, maybe five, that second tier of the guys I mentioned compared to that other tier with guys that are going 80 to 140. Right. I don't know. Flip a freaking coin. Those lists flip all the time. You know, Corbin was going 40 last year. Paddock was going 30 last year. Now they're going 110 they get it together. They got a different pitch. Things work out. And all of a sudden they'll be going 30 or 40 again next year. So I'm comfortable with, whereas the hitters are the hitters. You know what I mean? Like the the hitters stay consistent. So I'd rather take the boppers in those first hundred picks, all things equal. I can fix the pitching later. Does anything, my philosophy, does anything, um, if all, if, if at all change, um, shifting from these 10 teams to the 12 team best balls, like the standalones. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm so used to doing the cut line that, yes, uh, I feel like I'm, those best balls are shallow. All of a sudden I, I was punting shortstop a little bit in the cut lines. And then I realized how quickly shortstop got swallowed in the best ball. I mean, mm. just that, just that two team difference, uh, I've been I've been punting shortstop a little bit in cut lines and and I can't in the best ball. I ended up with what do you mean punt? Like when when would you dip into let the, it go a little longer? Like when, know when that I can would you dip in around Baez or Swanson or later? Well, I love Swanson. So if I can dip in there, I would. But I if, even if I had to dip in late and, and dip in with Polanco as my first or Dijon. And, 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 and yeah, exactly. And then uh because I, I I love I love some guys late, 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 late in a best ball, you know, give me a roster with Iglesias and, and, and Andrelton Simmons and, and, and Crawford. If I stack those guys late, I'm, one of them is going to point for me. So I feel like it's a position where there's value 300 to 450. Right. Personally. Okay. But then in the problem I ran into in the best ball is that that player pool got swallowed a little faster. Right. And so I probably, you know, you obviously get- I want to tease, but I, I, it's just a position I can let go that other other people are now it can in, in the DCs we'll get into. I, I feel um, the shortstop pool gets swallowed like, like crazy in those. Like, yeah, that's a whole by, different. Yes. By, by middle around three, like when I'm like, just to not to dip into DCs quite yet, but I feel like shortstop starting pitcher stolen bases, batting average. And like even elite saves, like those are all like fourth round. Like my, my, my DC formula is an entirely different mindset. I'm okay, feeling, we'll, get, we'll get, we'll get into that. After. Oh, wait, I'll tell you that after. All right. Um, so um, let's, let's go to the first fab period. Um, 
What percentage of fab do you want to save for the second fab run? Because there's two. <laughs> the most that I possibly can. Uh, I, I, that, I'm well, giving that away sense. all the secrets here. Yeah, I want to save money. And I'll tell you why in a minute. Uh, I don't see any reason that unless I got, unless there's a guy that's like a star that's going to emerge, I'm trying to uh, save money because I, I'm going to need it. Because that second fab period, I'm going to have five to ten guys I'm going to need to drop by injury or, or roll. And uh, I need as much money as I can. And, and there might be two or three real superstars that, that are in the player pool. I remember Michael Conforto one year. You know, I was like, I got to spend $400, $500 of my $800. Even though I need ten guys, I got to try to get Conforto. Right. You know, because he, 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 he can win me a league. I mean, he's going to be a top three outfielder and he's available. So I try to save as much as possible. Now, sometimes you have no choice. You know, you got Framber Valdez. Let's say you end up with three pitchers that you might need to spend to fix a roster earlier. You're going to get in a hole like you've got to spend the money that you got to make sure you've got 16 healthy guys, 17 healthy guys pitching for you on fe- April 13th. Too, I'll tell you another secret here. Too many guys sit and wait on guys that are hurt you can't wait in the cut line you're just going to bury your roster you can't sit and say you know you you want another edge every cut line i'm in somebody drafts sale somebody drafts severino and somebody drafts Cindergard. and and those are dead those those guys aren't going to make it to the cut line like their Mm -hmm. roster you can't fill a roster with guys that aren't going to pitch for you for two months so you just it's one less spot same thing goes for like a Kalenic. Well, that's a little different because I think Seattle stepped in a little. I think he'll be, I don't think they can keep him down too long. I think you're talking weeks, not months with Kalenic. So week, weeks are okay. Like is Andrew, Andrew Vaughn seems like a guy that I, I would yes. draft in these, in these cut lines. Weeks are okay. Months are not. And that's okay. a decision you have to make during those fab periods. How long can you wait? I mean, you can't drop Mike Trout. Obviously, if he and there's been situations where I knew he was going to cost me six weeks, but I, I've got a list I've written down of cut line notes that I write that I, at the end of the year that I want to remind myself. And I'm looking right here and it says drop dead weight. I've learned that I, I drop guys that are good guys. If I know they're going to be out for more than a month, it's pointless to keep them. It just is. I can't have a roster with dead weight. I'd rather roll Kyle Freeland out and strike lightning in a bottle in a two-start week where he puts up 40 and let him dump the other three. That's more than I got with some dead weight guy that was sure to get me zero. Last year, I had a lot of Ozzy Albies. I had a lot of Ketel Marte. I had a lot of Bo Bichette. Um, and I, I helped Bo Bichette. That was the big cut line choice. It's funny you mentioned Bo Bichette. That was the big dilemma we faced during the second, during the second fab period, all the cut line guys, because – can you hold him? I think the second fab was the end of August or mm-hmm. maybe it was even earlier, August 15th. I'd have to look. And we knew he wouldn't be back till September. I ended up dropping him a couple times and holding him a couple times. It depended on my roster. But if you right. had those guys, that's rough. You got a lot of bad luck there. Yeah, I was in one OC. Um, I did one OC last year and I um, still ended up doing okay. Uh, but I, I drafted Albies, Bichette, Glaber Torres. And I held them all because it was my, honestly, it was my first OC and it was a short season. It was tough. And, and we didn't really know when they were coming, like their injuries weren't clear. Those guys. I know. So that was, that was a tough decision. And like, I guess, um, 
having more experience in these games will, will make it more clear. Maybe not, but like last year I, I felt was a tough year when it came to a short season like that. And we'll get to, we'll get into that a little bit when we talk about the DC yeah. your sixth overall um, finish, because I was also in that league um, with you. Um, and um, man, that my team actually, well, we can look, we can take a look at my team a little bit. That team could have actually been a really good team, but um, yeah, had, had some stepped into some of those guys. Um, anyways, um, speaking uh, about Fab a little bit more. Um, so, um, how much of your roster are you generally churning, like on the first um, run? And like, will will things change? Like, how and how and how you draft will that change um, based on how far out from the season you are? So, will you take more shots, like in December, or November, than you would now, um, just because you know you're going to churn? maybe yeah. a bigger portion of your roster. I personally, the closer I am to opening day, the more successful I've been every year. One, one of my little rules is stop drafting early, but yet I can't help it. You know, Same. obviously I want to, I want to get into it early, uh, but the sharks are in the water more early, you know, so you're, you're going against guys that are maybe less experienced, the closer you get to opening day. Uh, but as far as fab is concerned, I don't know. I'm trying to turn over as little as possible, but I'm cutting the dead weight and I'm trying to grab guys that are in good situations. So as far as the first cut line, listen, I draft so many teams that, that, that takes me, that takes me days. I spend 12 hours do setting up fab for cut for the cut line fab. It's, it's exhausting. Yeah. I mean, it's only twice through the year. And, you know, the cut line's great for people. I got a regular job. So uh, the cut line's low maintenance, except for the two fab days. It's yeah. the highest maintenance. Well, I'm an, account, I'm an accountant. So that's sort of like tax season for you, right? Absolutely. That's, <laughs> you know, that starts. And it's tough because the season's going on. You know, you've got everything set and then everything changes. Then all of a sudden, wait a second, Emilio Pagan got the save. I got to pick him up and slide Malakin down. And then I got to go through 22 rosters. And, and fix these little Pagan and Milankin just because somebody Pagan got the save on the Sunday. And I got to think maybe he's the closer. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's a, it's a constant, it's a constant effort. With yeah. I'm tweaking it all the way up into Tuesday night. You know, the worst is at nine 50 on Tuesday night, the first fab when somebody gets hurt and then you got to decide how hurt is he? Yeah. And I, I remember I, I dropped somebody good that got hurt and I got burned with it. I, Eugenio Suarez two years ago, uh, he got hurt and it was close to the cut period. And I was like, ah, I don't have enough information. Ah, I'm just going to drop him." And then he ended up coming back and hit 37 homers or something. Fuck. I was like, boy, I blew that. So what's your, what's sort of your, your cut um, off in terms of like how long they're going to be out. So say, let's take a, let's take Framber Valdez for an example, the guy that I drafted in my one cut line. Let's say, cut. Well, right now he's a cut. Let's say there's some news just for a Yeah, I, I get it. I, I agree. He's a yeah. cut right now, but let's say there's news that comes out and said that he's not going to have surgery. And now his timeline is somewhere. He's going to return somewhere between late May and early June. Well, he's a cut. Yeah. Okay. 100%. I, figured, I figured that he's, he's because he's not that much of a difference maker, especially for a pitcher. Okay. Remember, cause there's a pro, you know, they're going to go through all the BS. Even when they say they come back, they're not really back. Whereas a hitter, you get a, sometimes the hitter comes back quicker with injuries, obviously, for obvious reasons. No, he's a cut. My cutoff's a month. Uh, if it's a superstar, then it's maybe two months. If it's Freddie Freeman or, you know, breaks his hand, 
I'm probably going to hold, I'm going to hold my first two round picks unless they're out for the year. Okay. Um, did you have any big, big pickups, like big money pickups last year that, that, that like helped you? Um, like, you know, I, I, it's place? funny. You know what helped me a lot? What's and I, I talk, I talked to Curtis Jones too, because we, he's somebody that does as many cut lines as me. And he's also really successful. He was fourth overall two years ago. Uh, and, you know, we, we, we both picked up a ton of Zach Britton from the first fab when Chapman was hurt. And then we dumped him for the second fab when Chapman returned. And boy, did he help us for those four or five weeks in between. I mean, points every week because he was an active closer for the Yankees and he was lights out. And I was like perfect timing. I picked him up right when he got the job and I dumped him right when he lost it. Uh, I got a lot of Aaron Hicks last year. Uh, for whatever reason, people didn't like him. I mean, he was serviceable. Uh, and, and, you know, so guys like that, I, that's the two names that stick in my mind are Britton and Hicks. I'm not a Yankee fan. I'm a Red Sox fan, but even though I live in New York. Really? That's interesting. But, yeah. Right. So, so those are two guys that I picked up a, a, a lot of during the fab period that were available. Right. Now, um, since like it's so heavily weighted to the overall component for these leagues, is do you still think, do you, well, not still, I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts are, but do you, th- you think it's a fallacy going for upside, like shooting for, like, because a lot of people say, oh, must shoot for upside because most of your money goes to the overall. True or false? Uh, listen, here it is. Draft for upside, fab for stability in volume. And then that's the good rule for this. So draft the upside, but cut bait when situations are what they are and they're established. That first fab is 10 days into the season. So at that point, I want a stable roster. I'm not looking for upside. I'm looking for volume. I'm trying to build a healthy, stable roster. It's deep enough at every position, and, and, and that's my best ball formula. But I do. I draft for upside. You know, take okay. some swings, and, and if there's misses, I can fix it. But I, right. fab, I fab for volume. I'm looking for high floor when I fab. Wait. Okay. That's, that's good to know. That's good to know. Um, now this is a big one, multi eligibility, um, in terms of, um, positions, um, what sort of premium do you put on it? Oh, so much of a premium. It's so much more important in the, in the cut line than it is in, in any standard five by five league. Even, I, even I, draft I champions, I, even draft champions where you don't have waivers. It's so much more important than even draft champions. It, I think it's, 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 it's one of the biggest, secrets you know i'm hoping that i don't give it away too many luckily i don't know too many cut line guys will be listening to this but if they are uh all things being equal you know getting a guy like bgo or jimenez or brandon lau or you know even Marte is going to play some outfield once they're two or three position eligible it's it, it's a 10 adp difference in my opinion just having that depth at each position because of injuries 10 what do you mean 10 I'd push a guy up 10 spots. If oh, t- oh like, so like, like a round. Yeah, for sure. Okay. I, 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 didn't, know meant, I didn't know if you meant 10 rounds. You're talking these late. No, late 10 spots around. I push spots. them up around at least because uh, you've got to have positions covered. The last fab is, is, is in Ju- early June. And this thing goes to mid-September. And if you've got dead weight, if you get three injuries at a position, I had a year where I had a great team and all of a sudden everybody got hurt. I was hanging on with Jason Kipnis in early August. He got hurt. This is 2017. And now I'm in the second of the three cut line phases. And now all of a sudden I'm putting up zeros at second base. I'm done because of injuries. 
if you've got enough multi-position eligibility, you can cover for injuries. So do you think they're like a prerequisite to have some of them? So would you say it teams like DOA, if they don't draft any multi-eligible players? They better get really lucky because if the injuries are going to, injuries are going to kill. Injuries matter uh, much more in the cut line than any other format. I've been begging Tom and Greg to add a second or a third fab period. I'm just begging because if they added a third fab period in July, just because there is the luck of the injury or the bad luck of the injury that affects it more than you want. And last year it was less so. And, 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 and I liked it better last year because that, you know, it was a short season. So the fab was closer to the end. Right. I, I know it, as well, as well as a team can, as good as a team can be, the last fab is June 5th and I got to go to September 20th. Yeah. And if I have, don't have multi-position guys, I can't cover positions. I better get darn lucky or I'm not right. going to, I'm going to ruin a good team because of injury. Yeah. It's like um, going on a week vacation with one clean pair of underwear. It, it <laughs> that'd be rough. You better stop at the store. <laughs> um, so in terms of el- eligibility second, like if you have a guy like Segura second, third base is like, is his eligibility uh, a lot more valuable say than like Alec Baum, his teammate who has first sa- slash third base. Like get, get, I guess in theory slightly, but, but, but both are valid. Yes. Because you're covering the middle and the corner. Yes. But, um, but I love, I love both, you know, having both is great. Now I'm taking Baum ahead of Rizzo in DCs even. Um, you take so him I, ahead in cut line too. Oh, I would a hundred percent. I would, but like, I think even more so. Right. So would, would, like, would, would a guy like Baum be like um, someone that would be more valuable to you than like Rizzo or even yeah. Chapman and Goldschmidt like, maybe even. Yeah. So that would, that would, that would, that would definitely move the needle for you. Yeah. I like Chapman, but yeah. I like, I like Chapman too. He, hits, he, hits the ball. Chapman. He, he hits the ball hard, man. That guy's good. He's a good hitter. Man, uh, I don't have more of them right now, but I'm, I'm trying to, I, I have to remember he was hurt. So his numbers are a little deflated. Yeah. From last year. So it got, like, the end of the year. if you're looking like, like when you're filling out, like the, the back, the back half of your roster, when you're just we're completing like the first 23 rounds, Let's say you're get you're you're at a point where you're 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 choosing between a guy like Jerkson Profar, who has second base outfield eligibility, and um, he's going to be maybe maybe you're putting him in as your last outfielder, a position player. But then you also have, say, I'm trying to think of an example, um, Brian Anderson on the on the Marlins, who yeah. who's going who's gonna to play full time. Who are you, who are you picking there? Because Profar is not going to have that full time job. Probably he's going to be more like even like. I was going to use an example of like Tommy Edmond, like he might not be a full-time player up in that range, but would you take him over like a Matt Chapman? But I'm, I'm using the example of Profar versus like a, a Brian Anderson. Does, does uh, I would take, I would take the multi-position guy that plays four games a week because I'm looking to fill spots. If, if I'm using either of those guys to win a league, I'm in trouble anyway. I'm just looking to fill gaps. I don't want zeros. So if I've got a guy like Marwin Gonzalez, who's going to play, he's eligible at every position, but shortstop and catcher. Okay. And he's going to get me 15 a week, right? He'll play, he'll start three or four games for the Red Sox. Right. And and I know that I got a floor of 15. So if I've got injuries or, or anomalies, at least he's plugging in a 15, which is 15 more than I'd have if I had a, if I didn't have this, this this utility type of guy that is eligible at all these players or all these positions. 
right. so yes, I, I want, I need a roster that has the Tommy Edmonds or the, you know, or, or guys that are going to play two positions. Look at Hunter Dozier. Who's one of a guy I'm on. He's one of my top. I saw, I saw you posted your, your guys. That's my guy. Now he's first base and outfield eligible. The team invested money in him. Obviously they like him. He's going to be third base eligible too. So he's going to have three position eligibility, you know, 10 days into the season is that he's going to be the starting third baseman. So you kind of got to look ahead. It's like Marte. He's going to be outfield eligible. It's like JD Martinez. He's going to be outfield eligible. Right. Oh, so you think it may be, I don't, I don't know account. for sure. I don't know for sure about that. I think he'll play 10, you know, as a Sox fan, you know, now that they're going to the national league with no DH, they can't just keep him on the bench. He seems to be pretty fresh and healthy. I think he'll play 10 by mid-May. Right. Yeah, I got I got Hunter Dozier on this team. I like him because of because of what you said. I like him a lot. Uh, he, he's a perfect cut line player. Hunter Dozier's a perfect cut line player. It's like yeah, I made, I made sure I made sure to I made sure to get that. So I got Biggio, I got um, Solak, I got Segura, I got Hunter Dozier. Those are my you're doing most. it right. Those are those are cut line guys. That's those how guys that's how guys. you do well in the league is is by carrying those multi position guys. Yeah, you're not gonna like, you're not gonna like the back end of my roster though. You're not gonna like some of the pitchers I chose like at the end, but I could I could still cut them. Like, I dump got, them all. Why why not take a chance on guys at the end? That, that's not a bad idea. Well, I don't know if you I don't know if you take uh, I don't know if you take a chance on these guys like um um like Tanner Hawk and uh, Adbert Alzale. I, I love them both if they get the job, but you've got to be ready to drop them April thirteenth if they're mm-hmm. if they're not on the on the roster. You can't just wait and hope. And I took Dunning. Injury. I'm kind of Dunning's the guy that I'm sort of fading now more so than I was at the beginning, because he looks like he's going to be in that tandem at the end of that uh, Texas rotation. The, what I heard is they're going three. I heard they're going Arihara, Fulton Evitz and, um, and Gibson. And then the, the last two spots are going to be like, like tandems of like Dunning and Kyle Cody and other. That guys. stinks. Cause I was high on Dunning and I like his talent. Yeah. I know same. I was sad to hear it. Yeah. You're, you're better off if, if in a cut line. Give give me give me guys that are volume pitchers, that are that are guys like Jay Happ, Jay Happ, and, and uh, you know a healthy schoonmaker uh, or a shoemaker for Minnesota, although he gets hurt every year. But uh, give me those guys that are gonna have big weeks and then bad weeks that I know are gonna roll out there, and I'm not afraid to just dump them. You know, Martin Perez had a, you know what you're gonna get out of him. I saw he was on a lot of your teams last year. Yeah, and, and he's, you know, he had weeks where I used them, and then right. he had a few weeks where I didn't. But I'd rather have Martin Perez than than wait on a guy that's in the minors that's much more talented than Martin Perez. Now, would Dunning, would Dunning be a guy that you're dumping if, we're if let's say we get the news, yeah, he's going to be like that tandem guy. Like, he's only going to go like three or four innings a game. Would yeah, you, I'll you, dump him. You it dump hurts him. me. Yeah. It hurts me, but – Every pick that's after 300 is basically getting a guy free anyway. So right on. I'm, I'm okay dumping anybody that I take 300 on. I, I, I'm, I'm not that tied and attached to certain guys. And I like Dunning. I've, I've got more shares of him than I probably should at this point. Yeah, same. I, I, got, I got quite a few shares of him near the beginning of draft season up until, like, I'd say this month. And then this month I've been like, I'm, I'm out. One other thing that guys, you you asked me about guys in cut lines that are useless. Like I look at their, here's, if they drafted two utility only guys, that's usually a sign that they're in a little bit of trouble because they can only use one a week. Right. 
So yeah. even if they have a big week, you know, so when I see a guy's roster and all of a sudden he's got Nelson Cruz and then he took Chris Davis, sort of tanked a pick there because mm-hmm. there's no point in backing up your utility with the utility if they're sure to be utility all year. Absolutely. That's always a bad sign. I'm generally avoiding utility guys at like in general for both of these formats, cut line and DCs. It, you know, and you're smart. The trouble is Nelson Cruz has been a cut line beast because he's so streaky. That uh, he, he's he's rostered on a lot of he's so good the last few years that the best teams seem to have him because of the streaky hitters are more valuable in the cut line believe it or not he's been great in dcs as well like but he like he's he's making he's making me and and my friends like mike the mouth look foolish because we keep we keep fading him because i know he keeps um he keeps doing well i um, like alvarez for houston i i think he's going to give first base eligibility so i I don't necessarily see him as a utility. Now there's a high risk. There's a tough situation, but there's some upside there. If yeah, if you can get first base, that'd be awesome. I think it's going to happen from what I'm reading. I mean, they really want him to play first base. They want to be able to free up the DH spot. For who? Just to rotate it. It sounds like. Okay. Just to take some time. Uh, it sounds like you know Altuve and Correa could use that spot freed up every once in a while, and they'd like to be able to stick Alvarez in at first base. Right, yeah, they were, they were last year when Alvarez was out, they were giving like um, L2 big quite a few um reps there. Yeah, I think they like that. So I, I kind of got a hunch that Alvarez will get the 10 games in within a month or two. All right, so actually, I can't, I can't leave, I can't move on yet without asking you about um this one player, Shoei Otani. Okay, in the cut line, I took him in this cut line, the, the one that I did around just after pick 200, and yeah. um, he's a guy that I'm avoiding like the plague in these DCs. Just because he's such a headache and he always he's always injured. What yeah. do you, how do you feel about him in Cutline? Uh well, I was all over him and he burned me uh, with injury. And now I, I, if I didn't fill the utility yet, you know, and there's obviously guys to fill. There's five guys that go before him: yeah, Alvarez, Cruz, JD Martinez, Stanton, and uh, and Framel Reyes. I'll I'll definitely take him around where you did. You know, I love the the way it is. He can. He can be used at pitcher or at utility, but you have to count him as your utility. You can't take Nelson Cruz and then take Otani, I don't think, because I think you put yourself in a, in a disadvantage there. But, yeah, I like him as long as he's healthy. He's interesting. I, I've got him a few times, and I'll take him more. That's, that's, the, that's the big question, if, he, if he's healthy. Yeah. So let's move on to the draft champions, because I wanted to talk about um, that uh, with you. Um, and you did, like I said, you did two of them. I did more than two of them last year. You did better than me. You finished sixth overall in in with well over 4,000 entries. So you did quite well in that league. I was in that league with you. I finished in fifth place in that league. And I'm trying to find that league. And I, I took some notes. I took some notes down. And it looks like that you're what you're winning team, like you're your bingo team, my friend Rob Dipietro ended up winning the overall in that con- competition. But you, yeah. like, I'll call it, you're a winner to you. You you shared in you shared in the overall prize pool as well. Um, you, I looked at your team. You basically um, didn't hit anything after round thirty, like nope. nothing, like nothing helped you at all. So really, like, you need to hit. You need to hit well. Yep. Um, like you, and you had a couple early whiffs in that league too, like. Um, if I compare my team to your team, like I, I, I drafted Sam Hilliard, which was like, which is like a whiff, 
but you also drafted D Gordon before I drafted Sam Hilliard and you finished sixth overall. So I can't blame not winning the overall on Sam Hilliard. You also took Miguel Andujar before round 20. Um, yep. But you didn't nail your pitching. You nailed like the, the first pick, like you went top, you went three hitters in a, right in a row. And then you took Kershaw in round four, then you took Carrasco, and then you took Lance Lynn. And um, man, like I ended up taking Lance Lynn like 60 picks ahead of that, like later in drought season. So I don't know what I was thinking. Um, um, I, I, I'm assuming we did that early. So I think it's, it's like, it's like those few like really good picks, like will carry you in these DCs. I find what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Um, as far as the early picks, I mean, obviously you've got to stay healthy with your first six rounds. Like you said, you know, I had bets and Merrifield and endeavors. And then my, 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 my pitcher stayed healthy. My three horses, if you can carry a staff with that, you're right. My last 20 picks didn't help much, but they helped a little with two start starters that I plugged in certain times. Once I was, they had a good hold on ratios and I, and I stole some strikeouts and I stole some wins late in the year. So even though those guys are mostly whiffs, some of those late round starting pitchers I took gave me a little bit of volume. If I can be healthy at the top, then, 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 then that would be a, a good part that, uh, Oh, you got the screen shared now. So we're looking at the league. Who was yeah. second? Da- Daniel? Da- yeah, in this league, this was a, like, and this was no cheapy, just so everyone that's listening knows. So this, this, this is like, we were talking about this beforehand. And um, we got Heberlig in this league. He's, and he was good. Like, Heberlig makes bank off these DCs. Like, people, yeah. people make fun of him for, for being in a million leagues, but he, he, he banks on these DCs. Like, he, does, maybe, he maybe doesn't finish, he maybe doesn't profit on, on all types of competitions, but this is his game. Um, at least one of his games and then um, Modica is in this one myself um, and then Johnny L from M- MLB moving averages um, so this this was not a soft league um, and, and um, actually so prep has finished second like you were first prep was second um, two other- prep and I were neck and neck I pulled away the last two weeks believe it or not we with were a, both with, at about 25 you didn't even have Mondesi because that, because I know that I was in leagues where I was like in first and then I got smoked by people with Mondesi in the, in that last little while. No, I got hurt last the last week a little bit with Devers. I think Devers didn't play the last weekend, and I had to put Travis Shaw in if I remember right. He was in your final final lineup. Yeah, I think that there was a switch there, and I got hurt. Andleton Simmons quit, and I needed him. He was actually pretty productive for me, and then he he quit the season late too. So I had a couple guys quit. Yeah, I remember late. Well, you had Kyle Seeger in round twenty. That was a good. Pick. That was a nice. That helped. And then you had so you had, you had some like and then but you you nailed your closures. You got Brad Hand and Alex Colomay. So like that really really helped you. Those were two. And that's like, just blind luck. We both know it, especially going into last year. Brad Hand had was played way over where the expectation was. I got lucky there. So let, let's let's take a look at my team, just for fun. Yeah. And I finished like I did. I did. I I, I think I'm, I'm not upset with my performance in this league. I think I did well. I finished fifth. I finished had a lot of ahead of a lot of good players, and I finished with ninety some odd points. You had guys that had a terrible, unexpectedly terrible so league, right? From my, my right from two, Martinez and Albies and Marte. So I got J.D. Martinez, Albies, Kendall Marte. My two, round two, three, four. So, that sunk me. But like, look, my pitching was Trevor Bauer, Lamette. Um, I uh, I had Sal Perez as uh, my catcher. And then um, I, I got Corbin Burns in round 28, pick 412. So 
Corbin Burns is on a lot of winning teams, and I got Alec Baum later on, Rymel Tapia in round 33, um, and I got even Dean Creamer in round 47. Um, yeah. Just, so yeah, you like, don't I, have a bad team. You just got unlucky early. You know, well, yeah, my team tail, the worst like series that's ever the thing. had. So you you picked Brad Hand and um, Alex Colomay. I picked Taylor Rogers and Jose Leclerc. Maybe yeah, maybe you can blame my process for Leclerc. Like I can not really loving him that much anymore. But with Cla- with Glasnow, Trevor Bauer, um, Lamette, um, Burns, you got unlucky with some injuries though. I mean, you lost Crone and Ful- yeah, CJ Crone, Fulty, Abisil Garcia. You, know, you guys did. Yeah, Gallegos did nothing for me. I mean, you hit you hit lightning with Sal Perez, but and I'm looking at your roster, you got some bad luck there in between, squeezed into a lot of good luck. Right. So fifth would be where a team with that too much bad luck early. You know, who would ever thought that Martinez and 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 Kettle, Kettle Marte would have such a down year? I wouldn't. I could have just as easily had that. Yeah. Well, enough crying on my end. Let's um, let's <laughs> go back. Um, and look at some of the, like because this is I think the, I think the, the draft champions are just as much a, a methodical approach as the as the as the cut lines. Um, just to look at your your second your second team, you also got first place on your second team. But the, the difference was I think you got you got to hit on pitching somewhere. You 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 took Paxton and Kluber, which are misses, but then you made yeah. up for it later. With, uh, you didn't have any makeup pitch <coughs> in your twelfth and your your sixth overall um, uh, team. Uh, but you didn't need it. You had Eflin and Plezak and that other team, which were huge boons later on, like round 30. I needed them because, you needed like them. you said, I lost those other two guys. But you also had Beaver on the wraparound on the 2-3 turn, which was just money uh, on the, in that league. So that, that that Beaver was a league-winning pick, and then you also had Lowe. Um, so when, I guess my, my, my question, rather than just citing a bunch of facts, my question is when you're drafting in these DCs, what, what are you most cognizant of when you're, when you're, what are you thinking about when you're drafting these DCs? Is it pockets of value? Like, do I want to hit on certain positions at a certain time? Um, it's, it's, it, you know, I do so many cut lines that with the DCs that I do, I have to remind myself of things. I have to remind myself that I need to balance my roster. I need to fill important positions and I need to fill categories. I can't be overly power. I can't be overly stolen bases. I need to make sure I'm not the guy in a DC. You can't make it up with fab. And a lot of guys don't really, I have to take closers early because, and I have to take possible closers throughout the whole draft because I can't fix it through fab. Whereas other guys that, you know, you listen to the experts, you can listen to Rotowire and you listen to Jeff Erickson talk. He's smart. You know, he's going to punt. He's going to punt saves, you know, maybe take one closer and then, you know, he knows he can fix it at fab. So in my mind, I'm telling myself, I've got to have closers that are working. I've got to back them up. I've got to have a guy that's going to steal 40 bases. I've got to have other stolen base sources. I've got to add up to a certain amount of steals. I can't let this go too power heavy. So that's my formula. <coughs> right. Just so are there, are there pockets of value that you can see? Like, are you avoiding, like, like in, the, in the first couple of rounds, are there any, are there any positions that you're avoiding, like, like say first base, like, are you avoiding Freddie Freeman, Bellinger, um, even like your Alonzo um, Voigt guys, because you know, you can make the, you can make up those positions and categories later. Well, you know, it's, it's it, not early on, but with the emergence of Crone and Vaughn, 
I think that first base got a lot deeper with value than it was in December when I drafted my first DC. Right. So yes, first base has changed drastically because of a couple guys like that. And uh, yes, you know, early on in the process, I was trying to say I avoided second base because I think that whole Wong and Hernandez and Jonathan scope tier is really solid, even to roll out as a starter. But man, I love a couple guys early in the first top 100. So I'm not doing that anymore because I do think Kettle Marte will have a bounce back year. Who are some guys you're just avoiding in DCs? Like what, what, like what, what makes you avoid someone and who are a couple guys you're just, I want nothing to do with. Um, that's in DCs. Who am I avoiding? Well, I don't know. I don't have a, I don't think that I know anything more than anybody else. So I, I mean, if I'm, I'm not taking a lot of Randy or Rosarena. I, I don't I feel like he's going higher than he should. I'm sort of avoiding him. I'm just, I'm avoiding guys that, that I think are, are, are getting over. It's not that I hate guys. It's just that I, I don't, where I think they should go and where they go is two different places. So I don't end up with them on my roster. He's a really good example of where, where I think he should go. Jack Flaherty. I don't know. There's too much risk there. Yeah. No, I'm not into that. He always goes, I would, I'm never going to have a share of him. I know there's a little bit upside there, but there's too much risk there too. Like he's sort of a head case sometimes. I hear you on that. And then, and then he's, he's, he's battling it out with their team and like, and like he's, he's still arbitration eligible next year. And yeah, uh, they, they got could, a lot of weird. They could, they could I'm not into it. They could, yeah, him. I'm not into it. You know, so there's, there's, I'm avoiding certain guys like that. Not because, I mean, if Jack Flaherty falls to 70, I'm taking them. So I'm not like totally dug into it. I don't want guys, but I just don't want some of the guys where they're going. Right. Now, um, what, what, what are your thoughts on closers? Because that's like this year, I feel like closers are, are a different beast than they've, than they've ever been from like, at least from what, from the years I've been playing. I feel like the top, like it's so top heavy at first. Do you, do you like, do you, in, in DCs, um, like from what I see, from what I saw last year, you, you, you target them around pick a hundred or 120, whatever. You yeah. Them. It was different last year though. There's even less this year. Yeah. So, so what, you, what, you know, what are your thoughts? I'm taking them higher than everybody else. I make sure I have two and I even have like Anthony Bass as a third and, and I've got a cover. I have to roll out two closers that are active. And I have, when I start a lineup and pick nine pitchers for the week, I put every active closer I have in my lineup, regardless of starter situation. If I've got a guy that could be getting the saves because man, that can go dry pretty quickly. So, you know, even if I got Jake McGee and I've already got two or three closers, I might roll a week out with four closers, knowing that there might be a week in July where I only have one closer. So That's I've got to grab saves when I can get saves. I think a lot of guys will leave active closers on their bench because they don't want to like have an imbalanced uh, lineup, but you grab saves when you can get saves in a DC. Even if you've got too many, if you've got five active closers, God bless you, put them all in there. <laughs> you can make up for the starts later on in the year, grab saves when they're active, because when they dry up, you're screwed. Sage you point. You can't win the overall without having saves in a balanced roster. You, you have to get saves. You can't get cute with it. You can't mess around. You can't hope that you strike talented guys later. You don't get saves. You don't win overall cash. Right. So you better grab them earlier than other people. All right. Let's end off on this question here. Was it wasn't on the agenda, 
but I just want to know, I just want to hear your thoughts on Adalberto Mondesi in a DC. Are you in or are you, are you out? I'm out in a cut line, but I'm sort of in in the DC because stolen bases are such a premium and there's such an upside there. So I'm out in the cut line. I don't think there's value there for where he goes. I'm in in the DC. I'm looking for steals. I'm looking to get steals out of the way early so that I don't have to worry about it as much and I can just build a regular roster. Yes, I'm in. Okay. In In the DC. Okay, I won't go into. It. I'm not in on him, but we're not. But that. But I don't is, take. That, but I have. I have no shares. He goes I'm, before. I. I have no shares of him in any. I've done thirty leagues so far. I have no Mondesi shares. So what you've done like around he, ten DCs? I've done four DCs is all. I've done three best balls. I'm in, and then t- twenty-two cut lines, uh, and an OC. I'm going to do a super, and no, I'm not. I have no shares of him. Right. Yeah, I know. I've, because I've, he goes to work. I've done about 40 drafts. I've, I've, none, I've none of him as well. So well, he, we agree on that. But I'm not out on him. I need steals. He just goes earlier than I would take him. Where would you take him? Like third round? Yeah, but he's going second round or early third. I'm not taking him until the fourth round, probably. I'm never going to get him. Yeah. Say, oh, yeah, me too. Uh, he's, I'm not I've against seen, I've seen him. I'm never round. going to get him. I've seen him go first round. Yeah, I'm never going to get him because I don't. Like the, the 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 range of outcomes, um, including his risk, is just doesn't make sense for the second round for you. No, I'm, I'm not. I don't. I'm not pushing him off. I, I, I like his him. Projections are his projections are based off of like cherry picked samples of like sm- smaller samples of part seasons that um, like I feel like his projections are like basically his upside. Like there's a lot of risk there. Yeah. Give me Bo. Give me Bogarts and and and, and Corey Seager all day and i'm fine I, I don't think there's any risk in bogarts and i think you might even with cora back managing get double figure steals there i, I think you're going to get a really great xander bogart season that is going to be enormously more balanced in in a higher floor than Mondesi is a low floor shoulder for okay? reasons. yeah is, bogarts would be fine yeah i think he's all right but the thing is, last year, if you prorated it, his stolen bases were, like, better than ever last year without Cora. Yeah, I think he runs. I think he's going to run. I, I, I think he – Yeah, he's, he's, no a, young, he's a young he's fit, uh, young man. I think he should run. Yeah, I think he runs this year. All right, Jason. That's that's all we have. I think we, we we stuck to our time for once in my podcast history. We stuck to the we stuck to the allocated time. We we, we hit a lot of good um, topics and we we got a lot. It was um it was a jam packed episode with a lot of great information. So thank you very much. You've um you've um let the, you've let us in on a lot of your your secrets. This the secrets formula. Your, your the methods and the madness of the of the cut line. Um, anything else you want to say? I'm just appreciative, Zach, that uh, that that you did this. This is a great podcast, and you're a great guy, and I'm. Happy to be a part of the fantasy baseball community, even in a small way. Because this is, aren't we having fun? This is, this is more awesome. fun than baseball. I can't, it, I can't it, wait for opening day. The draft and the anticipation. That's it's. This is the best part. So no, I, I really appreciate you, J- Jason. You're the man. Um, I, I respect, I respect your game, and I'm glad that you've. Uh, I'm glad, I, I'm glad I got you on this podcast, and I'm hoping you come back again and talk again, maybe during the season. You take me anytime you want. I'm yours. So you let me know. I'm, I'm an honor to be on here. Believe me. Thank you, Zach. I'm honored to have you on. Well, I'll talk take to you care. later. Have a great night. Bye-bye.
I'm just a streamer, I stream my fab away, I'm just a streamer, who streams the Robbie Rays, I watch Plesak go down to Columbus, Seeing that mice just got reassigned. I embrace for those who will outbid us this time. I'm just a streamer. I stream my fab away. Oh, yeah. If we could trust the ground When will Brady Singer, Yates and Flaherty Be done I'm just a streamer I stream John Gray Away I'm just a streamer the street. 